0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Christian Tervish.
1: Welcome back from the break. I'm Christian Terwish, and this is Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio. Today we're talking about the mortgage industry. In the first half of the show, I interviewed Alex Rearley, a senior mortgage consultant at Trident Mortgage Company. You know, Alex gave us a rather dim outlook at his profession. Uh, he has been in the industry for 32 years, and uh, he said things are getting rough. Um, you know, basically, uh, more work is coming their way, but on the other hand, uh, new technologies are coming up, and it's my great pleasure To welcome, at this point, one of the makers of this uh, technology that really is disrupting a lot of the work here, I want to welcome Bob Waters, president and CEO of Quicken Loans, which owns Rocket Mortgage. At this point, welcome, Bob.
0: Thank you, Christian. Good to be with you.
1: Hey, Bob, uh, I know you have an MBA from Michigan, uh, but what are you? Like, are you a tech guy or are you a banker?
0: (laughs) I, I, my background is finance. I came up through the capital market side of the business and and also operations. So that's that's my background.
1: Now, my wife and I bought recently a small house as a, as an investment property. Um, give me a pitch. What does Quicken do that I would not get from a traditional bank or the mortgage company that my retailer, my my realtor is pointing me to.
0: Well, I I think we we do an awful lot of things, and one of the things that we're proud of is that we offer a lot of different experiences for for folks. Um, I think when we talk about Rocket, which a lot of people are familiar with, one of the things that is unique and different about Rocket compared to a more traditional experience is that Rocket comes to you in the sense of at home, you're on your computer, you're on your phone, you're on the application or on the app. Um, You can work at your own speed. You can, you, you cannot be intimidated. Uh, sometimes it's an intimidating process to go in front of somebody and have to talk about a mortgage, especially if it's not something that you're experienced with or comfortable with. You're sharing a lot of private details about credit scores that may be good or may not be so good about income and about assets. And so when you're able to do it, Work online at your pace um, it can be a more convenient and easier experience for a lot of people and then certainly the other thing is that um there's a it's a the ease of use. uh, Instead of having to gather up all your documents and bring them to someone in person, you can either gather them up and send them electronically or, in many cases, simply by giving your consent and your password, a lot of that information can be pulled in electronically so you don't have to go find it or download it yourself. So the ease of the process is, is, is an experience that a lot of our clients enjoy as well.
1: Give us a sense of the scale of what you guys do. I mean, uh, if my numbers are not mistaken, there are some six hundred to 800,000 mortgages uh, issued to consumers each year. Uh, what, what percentage of, 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 of the market do you touch?
0: we're about we close about six to seven percent of the market um, so a, a pretty substantial component but the largest retail lender in the country largest f h a lender cart largest VA lender so're we 're very large, but as you can also tell um, at six seven percent it's um, it's a highly fragmented industry, um, and so um, even though we are the largest there's a lot of room to grow uh,
1: what happens on let 's understand the customer 's perspective first so you know, say this afternoon, I take a stroll. I walk through Ardmore, Pennsylvania. I find a, a place that I really like. I want to move, and I now apply for a mortgage. Uh, in the first half of the show, I talked again. Was uh, I talked with Alex Reilly, a senior mortgage consultant, and he works for Trident Mortgage Company, and he has given us kind of his view of the the, the process done, let's call it, the traditional way, how does it work for somebody who would come and say, like, well, look, I, I want to have you know Rocket Mortgage figure that out? What do they do? What do I have to do as a consumer?
0: Well, so you'd go to rocketmortgage.com or download the app. Um, you'd you'd input your asset information. Oftentimes, uh, you can pull it straight in from your, your bank account. Um, you'll we'll pull credit. At that point, and so you get a that's a free credit pull for a three-bureau credit pull. So hitting all of the credit bureaus to pull that um, that credit. If it's a purchase that you're looking to buy, you you can get a pre-qualification letter um, because you've also put in some of your income information and um, along with uh, along with as I mentioned earlier, asset information. So at that point, early we have a pretty good picture of what your credit looks like, what your income situation is, what your assets are, and where you are in the home buying process. Have you identified a, pro- a property? Have you not identified a property? Do you need a pre-approval letter or are you going more? Do you now have a property and you're looking for a formal approval? So in a very short period of time, um, folks can get an awful lot done. We Lots of stories of our clients taking their phone and their app to an open house and getting pre-approved while sitting in the living room um, and, and then being able to show, the realtor that pre-approval and move forward with an offer. So um, it really it really empowers folks and speeds the process along uh, digitally instead of having to rely on another another person and the timeframes that they're involved in.
1: With six to seven percent of the market and, and Rocket Mortgage having an amazing brand, I guess that no longer is a huge issue for you. But especially in the early days, how, where would you find the customers? I get the sense. I mean, that came up certainly in the discussion with Trident Mortgage. Their- are basically part of Berkshire Hathaway, and so my real estate agent has some incentive I would imagine of channeling me to their mortgage company. Who, who feeds your who feeds your consumer uh, your customer acquisition process?
0: Well, a lot of it's organic. Ninety five percent of consumers start the 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 home buying process online. Makes sense. They go online and type in in various various different uh, companies out there that show properties, and you can do various searches, location, um, property value, things like amenities, and so people are looking. In fact, there's an awful lot of people that even if they aren't actively engaged in buying house, uh, find it a kind of a hobby to look at homes in their area, what's selling, for what price, what does it look like. There's, there's a voyeuristic quality to that. So people are are engaged in that home searching process, but specifically when they when they do want to, to buy. So that's a natural point when they're online. Um, they're certainly seeing us as well, um, and so search is another area when people are searching for mortgage. A lot of people end up at our site. So there's a lot of different um, a lot of different ways that those folks come in digitally, as well as general marketing. And a lot of people are aware of our brand, and a lot of people. Reach out to us that way.
1: So I'm not the only person who is, as you said, voyeuristic or knowy looking at how much the uh, house across the street is listed for my on, on Zillow. Uh, no,
0: you're, so, you're in good company. I'm good company. A lot of us we wanna we wanna see what the house across the street is selling for, and and what it looks like, and things like that. I think it's a you know a home is is if not the most important, it is one of the most important things that we'll ever purchase in our lives, and so understanding that's a big deal to people.
1: I'm still puzzled. We were to show here with the founder of Zillow a couple of um, months ago. And, I'm, and somehow I had expected that the combination of a Zillow and a Rocket Mortgage, they would just totally transform that industry. But I learned, and I think Zillow, the, the path Zillow has chosen is they were actually very supportive of the agent and not really trying to disrupt that kind of that combination between The the Berkshire Hathaway and the Trident Mortgage on on the other side. Uh, What is your take on on how the market is playing out at the moment?
0: Yeah, I think I think real estate agents uh, play a really important role in in the in the real estate. Community, obviously, um, especially on the on the buyer side, really providing help to understand what's happening in the market, understanding um, the, how to go about it for a lot of home buyers, especially first or newer home buyers. Real estate agents make a, a huge, huge difference. Uh, uh, while while we're seeing we're seeing various technologies come in place, I think that um, it'll be a long time before before that materially changes.
1: How much labor is involved on your end, if any? I would—I mean, you mentioned basically if you think about the documentation that is, is automatically uploaded, the credit scores that are done, I would imagine a lot of that is either self-serviced by the consumer or is all automated. But uh, is there like r- real work time involved uh, from, from labor on your end to kind of make the process move along?
0: Yeah, there is. And, I, you know, I think uh, – an analogy, it would be would be Amazon. So we go on and and we order things digitally, but behind the scenes, they have a gigantic logistics empire that makes finding that particular product and getting it out of a warehouse and into various transportation to get to your home. Um, that is a that's a miracle that they pull off every day, 24/7, 365. And it's hard and it required extraordinary investment, extraordinary thinking to make what seems easy, just click, yes, I would like that toaster, and then it shows up two days later at my house to make what seems easy, um, which is actually very, very difficult. And there's a lot of similarities. on the mortgage side, there are there is quite a bit of automation. Um, there's a lot less of gathering up of paper and physical files than when I started in this business. There's still an awful lot of, of human involvement. Um, for example, to verify someone's homeowner's insurance, for uh, for example, agents, homeowners agents are still being called to verify that indeed that policy is in place. And and there are some automations coming online, but that and you can. Imagine imagine you're you're doing that Tens of thousands of times a month, um, and trying to get a get a hold of folks. So there's still some nitty gritty, which is why, which is why you're not seeing somebody in the mortgage industry, you know, five people in a in a garage somewhere come along and say, I have figured all this out. Because when you really understand what's happening behind the scenes, um, there's an awful lot of uh, a lot of heavy lifting that uh, involves human beings. And again, it is being automated day by day, but there's still a lot of work to be done.
1: In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow. Here on Business Radio, I'm your host Christian Tevish, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Bob Walters. Bob is President and CEO of Quicken Loans, which owns Rocket Mortgage, and we talk about how technology is transforming the way that uh, mortgages are originated in underwritten. Uh, and Bob, I really uh, I, I love your comparison to Amazon, right? Where we on the consumer side we look at it and says like it's seamless, it's all digital, it's amazing. We forget that there are the the, the workforce on the other end. That is doing the labor in, in the warehouses of basically putting the baskets together there, there's a whole outbound logistics process there potentially you know returns there's a call center um If you think about the workforce at quicken h- how many people are working as part of rocket mortgage and h- how many employees are kind of dedicated to that part of the fulfillment
0: well the the company itself um is about seventeen thousand people, and that's everybody. Uh, the number of people specifically focused on Rocket. That's, it's a, it's a challenging, challenging question to answer because Rocket is so pervasive throughout everything. Um, even, even clients who call in to talk to us and never, and don't even have a computer are being enabled by Rocket technology because Rocket technology is working behind the line, behind the scenes, pulling in data and making that process easier. So in one way, shape or form, many, many folks at the company uh, are working on that. So it's a difficult – I could tell you there's, you know, X number of rocket engineers and things like that. But um, it's, uh, it's pretty pervasive. We are rockets. rocket.
1: Well, so it's an interesting observation, right? You mentioned that um, that makes you somewhat – I don't want to say immune, right? But it's, it's harder for, uh, again, the five girls, guys in a garage kind of have a startup and go all digital. There is a real need here. There's a, there 's a real scale economies, right? And we've seen this with Amazon – that has been very successful in and, and growing and share on any dimension because they are so big. Do you do you see that because of that similarity to Amazon, could you imagine you folks having a similar market-dominating position? I mean, you are already the biggest, but at 6 to 7%, as you mentioned earlier on, there's still a lot of room to grow. Do you, do you see that basically working in your favor, that this is not an industry that everybody could enter easily?
0: I do especially especially when you really think about um how regulated our industry is and how much how much um, automation has yet to to be done it is it's an industry that is highly resistant to scale uh, which is why our industry doesn't look like a lot of others where you have three or four companies that have 50 60% market share um we we have many many companies in our in our industry but you are seeing aggregation taking place it's happening slowly but it's happening st- happening steadily and those companies that are able to figure out how to scale a, a process that again is highly resistant to scale are going to be the ones that continue to grow that share over time.
1: So in the discussion with the mortgage consultant who was doing the business the old day kind of, you know, it seemed from the comments he made, that order of magnitude there were for a typical loan somewhere between five and 10 hours of labor happening on, on his side that were then spread out because of handovers, because of waiting times, because of backlogs, were spread out over the kind of 30 days, 45 days we as consumers are familiar with. How much hands on labor, roughly, would you estimate, is in a typical Quicken loan? Excuse me in in typical typical and mortgage kind of mortgage.
0: The, the the number that you mentioned is is somewhat similar. I think it's a bit less, but um but it's a the unique the unique opportunity isn't necessarily to reduce ten hours to nine or to eight because as you represented, it maybe you maybe physically someone's working on it for ten hours but it takes thirty days to close, let's say by definition, that means most of the time in the process is wait time, either waiting on the client, waiting on a vendor, or waiting on ourselves to hand, hand the process off. That's where the real magic will happen and, and is happening is reducing those what I call dead zones from one process to the next. And so we're a, we're, our process is dependent dependent on getting lots of different inputs and in having those inputs, it's like making a great meal. Um, you, it, the, 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 um, the art is to try to get everything to come in at the same time, um, even though you have lots of different components. And so the mortgage industry is the exact same way. I might get a, need a verification of employment. I need appraisal. I need title. I need homeowner's insurance. I need public records. I need a divorce decree. How do I get all those things to come in quickly up front and then make sense? The other thing that's challenging about our industry is you may get one document, and then that document may beg another document. So meaning I'll get a divorce decree, and then now I've learned something new, and now I need to get an updated something or else. And it is that, it's that um, symphony that is happening that is challenging, and that's what's made it resistant to scale. Uh, and historically, the way that our industry has done it is with people called processors, and that's still how most companies work. This human being man- manages that whole symphony in their head and with their rudimentary tools, um, but but more and more from a standpoint, bringing the computer and bringing um, that that to bear, you can shrink those dead zones and you can speed the amount of time. So we still may work on it 8 to 10 hours, but now you can close it in 10 days instead of 30 days because you brought everything to bear all at once. It's easy to do it with five loans. The trick is to try to do it as we do every month with 40,000 closed loans every single month. That's when the number of permutations get really, really high and, and the, the order of magnitude of difficulty goes up off the
1: charts. So, Bob, I, I really want to like the uh, example of the uh, metaphor that you use of Amazon. So if I continue that thought, really what you're saying is that um, the advantage of Amazon over a traditional retailer is not an efficiency in the handling of the merchandise. It might take the retailer in the store the same number of hours to put the thing in the shelf and take it out of the shelf compared to the uh, retailer online. The benefit is the consumer experience, which is now given that... You can do it from home, which you can do it without the wait time, the dead time. It's going to be much more, you know, much more enjoyable. Is that a fair summary?
0: I think I think that's exactly right. I, I think that um, I could, if I needed a toaster, I could get in my car and go to a store and get a toaster. I could get it the same the same day. But I, with Amazon, I can just oh, I need a toaster. I can log in and I can not only order a toaster and see it the next day or or two days from now, but I can also see 20 toasters, whereas the store might have only had three. I can see online reviews. I can get comfortable about uh, about the color of the toaster, whatever the case may be. I'm much more empowered um, to do things at my time. I don't have to worry like, oh, I got to go find an hour to get in my car and go do this. I might be at work when it pops into my mind that I need a toaster. I might be um, driving down the road as a passenger of course, on my on my cell phone, and in order it, and so that's a, a big component of what we're doing. You're not dependent on another human being's time and their hours to be able to transact because we are we're essentially rockets open twenty four seven three sixty five.
1: We touched on the role of technology, digitization, and AI a little bit, and as an ops guy, I'm really interested in now a little bit more detailed perspective, both on what you're doing right now and where you see the world moving to. So if I think about the opportunities for AI in mortgage kind of underwriting, things such as document validation come to mind, things such as underwriting and pricing come to mind, what are, what, what are the things you're working on and where do you see the biggest opportunities to to use technology to really not just make it more convenient for the customer, but also really change the work and free it from some of the repetitive work that you mentioned the processes early on that as uh, you know you might say like they're not really adding value in terms of the process
0: yeah you, you touched on a few of them certainly um, because a lot of folks, uh, while while more and more and more of the data that we're pulling from people are, is coming in a purely digital format, meaning, with your permission, we pull in your bank statements directly from the source. It never became paper. There are still lots of instances where people will have a printed pay stub or they'll have a printed bank statement, and they will either fax it to us or scan it to us and even occasionally even send it to us, which when, when then that requires that we need to pull the data off the page and use those. OCR, um, so AI makes OCR better and better and better all the time as we train different documents to get to get um, those completion rates higher. So that's that's certainly one area. Another area of AI is to try to understand the the client experience, we understand clients that have been successful on this path. Why? What were the characteristics and makeup of those clients? And so, how can we observe other clients who are made up in, in that certain way, and so they can have a similar experience? So, that kind of experiential pathing—I don't know if that's a verb, but I just made it one—is uh, another way that um, we we employ AI. There's a lot of different things by using machine learning and AI to to make things to make things better. But I will say. As magical as all this sounds um, there 's still a, a, a lot of heavy lifting that 's good old fashioned document and information verification that um, that we are doing in our industry, so we can properly underwrite a loan. And we have a responsibility not only to the client but also to the large investor base of the world to make sure that clients are able to to sustain that mortgage nobody does nobody benefits if somebody gets in a mortgage they can 't afford so um, so we can't use we can't use just algorithms unless we really, really are certain that those those are working and that that people can sustain that mortgage.
1: Bob, explain a little bit more what you mean with good old document verification. So that might be documenting a marriage certificate, or that might be looking at a W two statement, making sure that that those are not fraudulent.
0: Yeah. So so some documents um, can be can be verified or data, I should say, can be verified without human eyes. Uh, credit reports can pull in directly and we can we can we can scrape credit scores um, there are there's as i mentioned earlier about certain a- asset statements coming in those can be scraped but there's a lot of things that are highly resistant to being scraped and, and so i mentioned a divorce decree earlier uh, you know it could be 50 pages long and they're not and they're all in different formats so a human being needs to comb through those, or a homeowner's homeowners insurance deck page aren't always the same, or condo associations, you know, bylaws can go 80, 90 pages. Those are the kinds of things that human beings still need to involve themselves with, kind of like in our Amazon analogy. Uh, somebody as, we, as much as robots can go and pull some things off the shelf, undoubtedly some things are irregular or unusual, and a human being gets involved, so it's the synergy between the techn- technology and the humans that can really make things uh, make things flow.
1: We have seen it with Amazon, right, that many companies who were born in the kind of brick and mortar age had a hard time becoming Amazon-like, if you think of Borders.com or so. If you think about now your competition, again, 94% of the mortgages are not going through you guys. Um, where where are you afraid i mean where where, where who, who is the competition that you take more seriously is it is it the established players becoming more digital or is there some basically a new startup despite all the kind of hurdles that we talked about earlier on that could uh, basically compete with you <laughs>
0: Well, I think I think it's prudent that we're that we're. I don't know if I use the term afraid, but if we're observant of everyone, what's the old saying? I wouldn't be paranoid if everyone wasn't out to get me. Um, and, and so I, I think that uh, the very very large banks certainly have a large financial presence. Um, and then there's always that concept of the person or the entity that you should be most afraid of is the one that's not on your radar screen. I think 10 to 15 years ago, I'm guessing that a, the biggest mortgage providers in the country weren't looking at Quicken Loans. We were much, much smaller at that point, and I don't know if that we were on their radar 15 or so years ago. So I think we have to be thoughtful about uh, about that, but mostly I, I think I'm afraid of, um, of companies that are able to build scale and that can be unbelievable uh, operators, and that may sound boring, but ours is a very nitty-gritty business, and people who really, it, it Takes an awful lot of of human technology, human power, technology power, and the ability to slowly but surely continue to convert. Which again, which again is a highly uh, resistant to scale industry to one that will scale. And so I'm not, not necessarily afraid tomorrow anyway of five people in an upstart garage, um, although I don't, I don't put that past anybody. I am afraid of somebody or an entity that has that kind of scale but also uh, isn't married to the past regarding how things have been done but more is open to how things can be done.
1: Says Bob Walters, president and CEO of Quicken Loans, which owns Rocket Mortgage. Thank you so much, Bob. I've learned a ton in the, this show, as usual, this comparison between the old way of doing it, the Trident Mortgage company still going strong, and you know, very insightful comments from, from Alex Bradley there as a senior Mortgage consultant, and seeing the new with Bob Walters, president and CEO of Quicken Loans. Uh, you've been listening to Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School here on SiriusXM. If you want to have access to some of my older episodes, check out our website, workoftomorrow.com. At this point, let me thank our sound expert, Daniel Bruno, and my producer, Matt Dads for their wonderful support. We hope you can join us again this coming Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. I'm Christian Teresh, and on behalf of all of us here at the Wharton School, thank you for listening.
0: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.